the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening, David Wildey and Malcolm Blight. Sports ASA for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand, the Polaris MY23 plate clearance on now. Save up to $3,000 on selected models. If you want to give us a call too, you're welcome to do that. one 736 736 What did you make of last night? Incredible game. Unfortunately for Matildas, their campaign is over. They were playing for the bronze or, or third, if you like, against uh, Sweden and England and Spain. Go head-to-head on Sunday, full house there at Stadium Australia. So welcome, Malcolm Blight. Bloody, how are you? David, I'm really good. Yeah, the, obviously the highlight of the night was uh, Sam Kerr's wonderful strike and goal. I just thought, and I, I was really interested in the halftime summary from John Aloisi, Al- Aloisi uh, the, an expert on the game. I just felt that we let them control the ball too much and not run at them. You know, sometimes in the game you just need to put some pressure on. I'll be interested uh, a bit later in the show. We're going to talk to the Jenna McCormick about that. I'll see her opinion on that. I just felt that I was sitting there watching with Patrick. They were and, dominating possession, yeah, weren't but, they? Yeah, just, and, and just let them. And it was sort of. I know you can't rush at them, but I just thought every now and again, just go at them. And that's the way I would have played. I saw it, the I, stats. I, funny you yeah. say that. I saw the stats. One of the um, English girls' defenders had fifty-eight passes to half time. Yeah, I know. It's just, and Australia was six and seven. We say they weren't doing that. And nowhere near anyone. No, no, you know, no, I mean, just I, back actually, and forward. I know they do that a fair bit. They do waste a fair bit of time on the ball, as we're starting to do in our game because we copied what they do get people behind the ball. But having said that, you know, when the, the first uh, English girl got the goal and then Sam got that one, it's one all. And we had a silly little chance. Sam Kerr had a chance. We had a chance. And, the, and then a, a defensive area, which we all saw. That's fine. Mistakes made. And uh, they were too good. They Sam Kerr's too... goal, as good as any goal, oh, yeah, man beautiful. or woman on the planet could kick. But she was, she was rusty. She had so many chances and normally would put them away. I did feel fairly carpenter the backman yeah, uh, defender. You, you make him a little mistake, and that's pretty well game. Just a slight mistake, so close to goal, yeah. and the English girl good enough to, to score from there. But uh, I look, it's a very successful campaign. I don't think anybody expected Australia, <coughs> excuse me, to make the final. So to get the semi final in front of your home crowd, ranked tenth, pretty good effort. Yeah, I'd say yeah. I, you tick the boxes saying that's a really a great step. The interesting thing now with 11, over 11 million people watching in half of Australia is what actually happens from here. And, and, I mean, you've talked about funding, and I know you've done that before, and I've talked about where does it go. How do you keep this role going? The momentum, yeah, and the hype. Hard, but it's hard to put up a World Cup performance when it's not in your country. You know, you we, think... we got behind it because it was our country. I don't know logistically how it works. We're so far away from Europe and that. But if you could get Italy um, or Spain... Or England to come out and play a few yeah, friendlies. Yeah. I think now you would fill those stadiums. Now we've seen it at a taste. That's a really good point. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I'd get England back, as you say. I'd get Sweden back. I'd get uh, the all t- the big Canada, teams. Just USA. I mean, you could you could do a program over the next three years, having three major ones: one in Brisbane, one in Sydney, one in Melbourne, and you could even throw Adelaide in. You know, yeah. just I mean, serious. For all the hype, Malcolm, about. Um, the Matildas, it's been a pleasure to watch some of the other teams the way they play. They've all yeah. got different skill sets and yeah. different uh, themes. But, you know, seeing England, I thought England were, you know, you could see. And yeah, they've, they've they, got four or five of their best players yeah, out too, England, including the best players. So they, they looked a pretty skill set. I, I know there's a lot of people disappointed in, in the result. But 
we've been, you know, we're sort of resilient people. We've we, we played as, as many losing games as winning games. You played for Woodville for a while early. Yeah, that's you right. got success later. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, we've all been on the end of losses, yeah. you know. But it was just great, the hype. I know all that. It'll, it'll die down a bit now, but hopefully they can actually build it. And I think that's great. Let's bring some teams out and see what happens next. Yeah, and I've, when we talk about women's sport, I really I thought the standard was outstanding, and probably so it should be. We're talking World Cup. We're yeah, talking yeah. the best girls. Yeah, absolutely. But we want to see the, the girls at grassroots getting a bit of money filtering down there too, rather than having to pay for your own games yeah. like we did pay subs or whatever. But, uh, no, nah, Malcolm was great. We've been following it. It's been on SEN, the big part of SEN, for a long while, and I think Australia have done them proud. Yep, and the coverage I thought was pretty good too. So now what we've, we've also got... So that's teams. Teams, that's done. So, David, in the teams, um, we'll start with Adelaide, starting with A. Rankin's back in, Isaac Rankin. Yeah, and big in, a, big in. Interesting two lads out, a Peddler and Nankervis. You think one of those will be sub? I think Peddler will be sub. I don't think Nankervis will be. I'm a little bit surprised. Maybe they didn't need the, the tall, another tall when the... You look, there's no Lance Franklin anymore. No. They've got McDonald as a tall, McLean as a tall. So they can probably cover the... They need guys to cover Heaney, uh, Papley, these types. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's been left out for team balance. But then again, it could have been Borlase too. Yeah. But, so, anyhow, he's out now in Curvis. And they're playing Sydney, of course. Uh, and Sydney got Dean Rampey back. Yeah, and Campbell. So, and if, you know, there's some others that'll... Yeah, I mean, that, that, that game... It's 50-50, sure. Oh, yeah. And I think it's going to be wet. I looked at the forecast. Willie Weather. It'll be it's, wet. It's not going to be wet tomorrow, is it? I'm going to play golf. Bit Did of, you, you, you didn't play no, it, pulled eh? out. Pulled out. It, I would have only got wet from the 12th hole on, so I'm glad oh, I pulled out. So, so I'm you, glad I pulled out. So you only would have got a third wet yeah, compared to what you, you could have done. You can't walk off once <laughs> you're out there. So anyhow, it's not about me. No. And, okay, Port Adelaide. Here they go. The Inns named, because don't forget they play on uh, Sunday. Sunday. So it's a, it's an extended bench. Travis Boak, Jackson and Mead. Yeah, I mean, as I said, probably Boak will come in. Um, I, I think they're trying to get Travis in for one last you know run towards the finals and he deserves yeah. to get a chance yeah. too. He's had a hit and miss year, I suppose, for Travis. He's been so consistent. Yeah, for he so has. He's missed a few games here and then and just hasn't he had those ribs early, so just hasn't quite found his form. Now, they're playing Fremantle, of course, and the ones in for uh, Collier, Banfield, Wilson and Emmett. Uh, Walters is out, which is a big out for them. But I, I just, I was fascinated. John Longmuir, always get it, Muir and Muir. Longmuir. Longmuir had his uh, commentary about the Port Adelaide midfield today, and I reckon, just have a listen to this. Yeah, they're building one of the, the best midfields in the comp, and... Um yeah, they're good ball hunters. They're explosive once they win the contest. Yeah, and they and they turn contest wins into scores, scoring opportunities. So yeah, well, we've got to get it done with the clip against the collective this week. I feel like our, our midfield has been in good form. Uh, it's going to be a step up in the challenge this week, um, and one yeah we're really looking forward to. Ray Shaw, Sarong, pretty good midfielders too. Yeah, they are. They've um, yeah, been in, they've been an interesting team to watch this year. As we spoke with uh, Silvani Sil last Alex, night, yeah. Alex Silvani last night. They've had this little bit of a down year compared to when they played in the finals last year. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do against a pretty good opposition, obviously, in uh, Port Adelaide. It's going to a lot's going to hinge your know, second uh, second position. Brisbane played Collingwood. Now Collingwood got outs. Um, we know Darcy cool. Moore's out, but Jordan the Goey's out as well, and uh, Bobby, one other player, Bobby, uh, Bobby, Bobby Hill. Hill. 
So they're nowhere near full strength, and they're two games clear, so they don't particularly have to win this game. They'll, they'll still be trying and playing well, but I, I just got a sneaky suspicion Brisbane might sneak one over. And is it Marvel? MCG, I back Collingwood all day, every day, but at Marvel, maybe Brisbane? Yeah, um, well, we'll talk about it. We'll do a tip later. In a minute. Yeah, I, I'm going to still trust Collingwood until I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fair. That sounds... I, I know, Darcy Moore wasn't in great nick. Dugowie is a moments player. Bobby Hill is a moments player, isn't he? I mean, because of his speed. And Dacos out the week before, well, so they've so got a few out. They've got a few out, but you don't sit top of the ladder, I don't reckon, unless you can cover those sort oh, of people. And you they've know, got best depth. Yeah, they've got three or four others yeah. that'll come in. So I, 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 I am really looking forward to this game tomorrow night. I, I don't think it will dictate what happens during the final series. I think it's a game that Brisbane are going to go all out, Collingwood are going to go all out be- to see what they've got in the cupboard no, my for, point, for finals. My point is, if Brisbane happen to win that against the uh, people, people have had that as a loss normally, they can finish second, which would make Port Adelaide finish third. Yeah. So the first final yeah. for Port would be in Brisbane, I, I which get, is not a great, you know. I get that, but it, it's not going to affect Collingwood. Because what they'll see is that we've got an horizon. If they get beaten this one, oh, we've got a couple coming back next week and then someone yeah. else the week after. So yep. I, I'm just talking about the Collingwood team versus the Brisbane team. Okay, you can have your say one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Have we got the amalgam? Uh, we've, we've got. Oh, we've got Troy. Troy, hi, Troy. Now I've got to explain something. I said to the producer Blake, I said I put it up as a message because I was on yesterday, and he said no. Our ratings go through the roof when you go on the air. Oh, Troy. I tell you what, that's not the only back slap I got either for myself, Malcolm, and you. Um, oh, David, the reason why you're not playing tomorrow, I reckon your clubs have gone rusty when you chucked the wobbly and threw them in the river. <laughs> no, Malcolm's playing tomorrow. Yeah, I'm out yeah. tomorrow. Oh, right. All right. Yeah. Hey, um, what uh, Malcolm... You, our, um, what you and I said, the three Amelios and the Egos, well, I was watching TikTok last night when I went to bed and Nathan Buckley said on this network, on Jared Waitley's show, that's exactly what the reason why it never, never went smoothly because not just the three of them, but evidently everybody that was involved in that um, you know, negotiation, whatever you want to call it, they all took their egos in there, and that's why it never happened. Maguire, Malthouse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, if, if, Thanks, Nathan, if Nathan, yeah, so, so Nathan's actually admitted that himself. That was probably what the way it unfolded. And, and look, it just got messy, didn't it? And it's sad because Mick Malthouse is a, has been a great coach, the longest ever serving in the game, and Buckley's been an ornament but to the game. They are all big egos. Oh, yeah. Eddie right up there, too. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, uh, Troy. Hello, Malcolm. There you go, guys. Um, I just uh, flummoxed. Bitterly disappointed yet again with Adelaide selection. Like Adelaide Football Club continue to worship mediocrity and good try. Lockie Murphy means well, tries hard. Yes, I get it. He's the pressure forward. His job's to tackle as well and all that. But peddlers class. Adelaide mm. Football Club have got to play class and develop you know, the guns for the future. Like I disagree totally with Rochelle missing out last week in terms of developing the list to have a real crack in the end instead of just being highly competitive. Yeah. Play the one who's got the ability, not just 
the good trier. I think normally I'd, I'd agree with you, but I think this game is a final and Peddler's form hasn't been great. And Lockie Murphy, I think, has had his best year. I know he's still only a trier and a battler, but he, he hasn't had a bad year, Malcolm. So I think they are they're treating this game more like a final and Peddler's certainly in the future... But I don't think he's been in great form. In fact, he, he was he was dropped there for a week too. Yeah, and I, I mean, they both play a similar position. I mean, Pedro a little bit more on the ball. But I, I, I have this debate over the weekend. Do you want a tackler or do you want a bloke who get the ball, who can use the ball? Yeah, but what I'm saying, Murphy has got the ball more this year. Yeah, he has. Way he has. more than yeah. what he has. Yeah, but I... I I, I tend to agree with Malcolm. I think that Peddler, in the long term, I know this is one game and we're talking about this game, but I would like the bloke that can actually kick it better and get the ball rather than the bloke that's going to run second and tackle all the time. Okay. That's just a personal opinion okay. on me, not, I just, I not just, on a particular player. I would have said that in years gone by for sure, but I just think he's had his breakout year yeah, yeah. even though he's been there he's, a long he's, while. He's, yeah, he's been okay. Hey, coming up on the show, thanks to Kia and Lumo, Kia official part of the FIFA Women's World Cup. How good's that been? And Lumo Energy SA. Uh, switch to the affirmative, join Lumo today. Uh, power midfield assistant Luke Kelly will join us. Jenna McCormack, we spoke with her last night. We're going to get the uh, review of the game. She was there, one of 75,000 people. And we'll try and find your win in the Greyhounds with Todd Gray. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, this is Sports Day SA. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back, Sports Day essay. Toddy Gray in a moment. Uh, Peddler's kicked 25 goals this year. Murphy's only kicked uh, 11, I think it is. Um, Murphy's had more of the ball and more tackles, but Peddler certainly is the future. Mate, I could still get a tackle in the forward line. There's 20 blokes around the ball. Tackle, overrated, goal kickers are hard to find. Well, I've gone with Matthew Nick, you've gone with Malcolm. I have. Malcolm yeah. and Malcolm, obviously. Ma- yeah, obviously Malcolm squared. Okay, we've got to do our AFL tips, but let's get to Toddy Gray first of all and see if we can find a winner for Gray and R- SA. Hi, Toddy. How, how do we do, legends? You looking after yourselves? Oh, we're going well. Going really well. We're tracked, uh, we're tracked tonight, uh, Toddy. Oh, it is indeed. It is indeed. And I, I've got two dogs, which I think will be the last section dogs, which are normally suited to wet tracks. But yeah, it's. It's wet. It's not a downpour, but it has the track has soaked up most of the rain, which again will suit the run-on dogs. Okay, so we what had a good winner last week. Yeah, didn't we? we did. Yeah, we did. Right, what do you got for us no, tonight? I, then come on, get, give us it. Give oh, us it. Oh yeah, I apologise. Last week's performance was unacceptable, lads. I've gave myself a good talking to. I don't want to get dropped in a magoo, so we'll bounce back tonight. Oh, oh, I thought we had a winner. Um, week before we had a couple of winners, I think. Okay, let's I was, go. We did. I was on holidays. <laughs> no, no worries. Well, the first one, lads. I got two for you. Race four, number eight, Fawn Charger. Now, unfortunately, we've got the dreaded NTD here, no third dividends. I apologise, Malcolm, but this is how I see this race panning out. The favourite is number one here, uh, T.O.C.O. It will lead, and it will lead on its ear. But I tell you what, it gets very tired on a normal track, let alone a wet track. Uh, So I'm looking for what I think can get out chasing it at probably the midpoint. And I keep coming back to number eight. Uh, Look, his box eight stats aren't that great. Three starts and nothing, but this is the weakest race he's been in for a good while. All he needs to do is dodge the four on the first turn. A dog called Phoebe Baby. It stays very wide. It'll go visit the on the run for Brennan Milk on the first turn. If we can dodge it, we can get the second out chasing the favourite, and I reckon we can run it down hassle-free. If we dodge the four, we shouldn't miss the top two. At around about the $6 market, I think 250 to place. Race four, number eight, Fawn Charger. That first 50 metres will be all we need to know. Very telling. Uh, and the second one? 
The second one, lads, race 11, number one, Spring Monica. Look, it's a bit short for the place. We've got the three dividends here. Last I checked, it was around about $4 to win and about $1.50 to place. I don't mind doing a little, like, one by two on this or whatever you want to invest. Oh, yeah. uh, put double on for the place. You'll get your money back if it runs second or third or win enough to get a deposit on a Cornetto virtually if it does <laughs> run the podium. Look, I can't see how it misses the podium for mine. It's box one stats. Listen to this. 11 starts, six wins, four placings. Whoops. It loves box one. And there is no speed in two, no speed in three, and the dog in four has a bit of speed but stays in the centre of the track. I think she gets the most beautiful run through on the first turn, and her best deck is her last. She will like the wet track. So, again, I just think it's absolutely locked for a podium, barring any incidents, touch wood, hail Mary, and everything in between. But race 11, number one, Spring Monica, a little bit of a place-heavy go in the last. Sexy race 12 there, Toddy, just according to my opinion. Oh, my apologies. Race 12, yep. Okay. Thank, yes, please. Thanks, Toddy. Toddy Gray there. Race 12, number one of that last one, uh, Spring Monica. Blighty, AFL tips, thanks to Toolkit Depot. Measure, manage, grow with CropScan AG. Inquire today, CropScan AG. Contact your local machinery dealer today or visit CropScanAG.com. Yeah, tomorrow night, Collingwood, Brisbane. Who do you like? Well, I am going, we spoke about this earlier. I'm going Brisbane. I just think the outs, and if Brisbane can secure top two, they're going to need that to try and make a grand final play at home. Brisbane for mine. I've gone Collingwood. I think that if they've got their depth now. Saturday, Richmond playing North Melbourne. Uh, One word. Yeah, Richmond. Rich and it's Jack Revolt's last, last game. game. Yeah, Gold so, Coast playing Carlton. Oh, you got to go Carlton. How can you pick against Carlton? And Gold Coast can't make the eight, yeah. so Carlton for mine. Same. GWS Giants versus Essendon in Ooh. Sydney. Uh, the loser bobs out. I, I think Giants a better chance to make the eight, and they had a bad week last week. So the Giants for mine. Oh, I picked them. I thought it was a bit of a roughie. Yeah. Uh, St Kilda playing Geelong at Marvel Stadium. Well, Geelong are playing for their life. Geelong win their last two. They probably make the eight. Mm. Hard to back against them uh, at the Cattery. Although Frio beat them. No, there. this is Marvel. Uh, no, is it? Yeah, St Kilda Marvel. Oh, Marvel. Yeah. Gee, you gonna change your tip? They play Western Bulldogs at the yeah. Cattery last. Um, no, I'm going to stick with Geelong. So have I. <laughs> Adelaide play, playing Sydney. After all that. Yeah, after all that. Uh, Adelaide playing Sydney at Adelaide Oval on Saturday night, David. Well, the the loser bows out, the winner moves on. I'm going to go Adelaide, not with a great deal of confidence. Rankin back in, uh, Rampy back in for Sydney. But if Adelaide need to win at home, they won most of the games at home. So I agree. Sunday, the Bulldogs playing West Coast. Let's forget it. Uh, Bulldogs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, also Sunday, Melbourne playing Hawthorne. Happy with Melbourne? I am, but I love the way Hawthorne are going about it, Bloody, They're doing some really good stuff. Yeah, and also Sunday, Fremantle playing Port Adelaide. Now, before we get your answer on that, Kane Farrell just signed another two years uh, contract, which is great for him, the left footer, 24-year-old. 67 games. So, well done, Kane Farrell and Port Adelaide. And you are going for Port Adelaide or Fremantle? Uh, I'll go for Port. Once again, not with a great deal of confidence. I'm going for Port Adelaide with confidence. Well, gee, that sounded very, very cute, that little talk there. Okay, we are going to a break. On the other side, power midfield assistant Luke Kelly. They need to beat Freo. And also Jenna McCormack. She was there at the Matildas game last night. England winning that 1-3-1. But uh, certainly the Matildas did us proud. Body and World Sports Day SA. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey Sports Day SA for tyre power, winter safety sale now on. 25% off equivalent four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tyre power, 
get your free five-minute safety check. Time now, Blighty, to speak with Power Midfield Assistant Coach Luke Kelly. G'day, Luke. On well, boys, yourself? I can't remember a season, not sure for you, Ken, where so many teams can still make the eight. It's, it's been one of the best seasons, I think, for mystery that I can remember. Oh, it's, uh, it's been outstanding for most fan bases to be going into the last two weeks, uh, still looking to play finals or look for a home final. Or um, No, it's outstanding for the game. And your boys, you win 13 on the trot, lose four, get back on the winner's list. And I thought you were back to your best last week, right from the start. Seven goals in the first quarter. Boys look like they're running on top of the ground, got a few men back, and it was pretty good four-quarter performance. Yeah, it was pleasing. I thought we had some really good sort of quarters and, and you know, majority of the game against uh, Collingwood and that, but uh, we weren't quite getting the results. So it was nice on the weekend to, for the boys to get rewarded for the sticking to what we know and um, yeah, definitely looked a lot more like us across the four quarters. Luke, uh, Port Adelaide plan. We'll talk to Kenny and we'll finalise the result of his coaching future in August, says David Koch and the board and that's exactly what they did. It's great when a plan comes together. Yeah, yeah, of course and you know, that's that's credit to sort of the board and the management and um, all those above that they, they stick to the process and, um, and being able to bring Stability uh, is always key in footy. If you're going to be successful, you want you want stability, and, and that's what we're able to get here. Did you make? Do you see much uh, difference in Kenny? So honest. I love his press conference. He actually says how it is, where some people give him nothing. But it's been the talking point, Luke, for a long, long while. And I mean, the more games you win, it was obvious we felt that he'd get a couple more years. But uh, what about Ken's own demeanour? Did you see much change at all? Oh, I think, you know, in terms of he's been in the game long enough and when you've seen enough things and you sort of feel a little bit more, I guess he's probably a little bit more comfortable when it's not going well or a little bit uneasy and um, and he, he doesn't really change in that sense because he's probably seen it all before and ridden some waves. So I think this year he's, you know, he's definitely able to hand, hand more over and uh, to the coaches and entrust the players. You know, we've got a good, strong group of, of players and leaders, especially the young boys that we can entrust and... Um, and he just he just guides us guides us through where we need to go. Yeah, some young ones we'll talk about in a minute. I, I, I wanted to, I was going to ask a similar question to what David did. You came to the club last year, so the first five rounds you go naught and five. In other words, you lose. I was going to ask you what, what did you think you were getting into, and how did Ken Hinkley approach that compared to this year at the start of the year when you started winning? I mean, the, the balance is unbelievable, isn't it? The difference. Yeah, I was ducking and weaving on round five. I mean, that was the only difference last year, so I was, I was trying to avoid anyone's anyone's gaze. But no, I think what I think the main thing that stood out is the zero on five last year. Um, it's it sounds crazy, but the process just hasn't really changed. You know, we, we stuck to it. We got we got going. Um, we added some things over the over the preseason. Um, and again, you know, one and two, uh, our week didn't look any different. Our game plan didn't change. It's just, again, you just need time in some areas with when you're sort of bringing these young young guys through and you just patience and, and, and belief and trust in what we're doing. And, um, yeah, now, now we're, we're seeing the, the results at the end of it. Haven't had a great run with injury. People forget that, but... Scotty Lice, it's been out for a lot of the year. Dixon's played on, on mm. one leg. You lose your full-back, McKenzie. George Yardis gets hurt early. 
When you lose the three big pillars, the fullback, full forward and ruck, do you have to change your game plan or, or game style much when you don't have the the big fella at full forward or, or your, your main ruckman? Oh, I think the, the beauty is, that, and again, going back to sort of depth and, and the youth is, we've, you know, we've been able to get time into Ollie Lord and uh, he's mm. been heating up locally well for us. So when you lose Charlie, you're able to bring in a guy who's putting some good form together in the sample. Uh, same with our ruck. You know, we got, we got a year into Gisentini last year and a half. Um, Hayes has got some experience now. Um, and then down down back, obviously, you've got Tom Jonas and, and Burton and, and some guys like Jones who can play a little bit taller. So I think that's the that's the beauty of when you've got a stronger stronger sort of depth is that you don't have to change. It's a little bit of replace. Not that you can always replace the same quality, but that means yeah. you don't have to really change the method. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Luke, um, I know that uh, you're the Mids development coach with Josh Carr being, you know, the man there. And uh, now who claims Rosie Butters and Drew all that improvement? You? Because when you've come, they've really blossomed <laughs> since you've been at the club, mate. <laughs> I reckon they might claim each other, actually. I reckon they all might just say they've had a hand in each other a bit more. But uh, look, you know, most of the time, with, you know, when you've got talented young guys, you're just trying to steer them in the right direction. And Josh has obviously done an outstanding job in giving them the opportunity and the belief and, and putting a system around them. And uh, most of the time, they, they do just they do just grow grow into it in their own time. And uh, yeah, thankfully, thankfully it's happened sooner rather than later. I love going to the footy. I love watching footy still after all these years. But when you see those two, oh. particularly Rosie and Butters, dance dance around a footy field, it, it, just, it just brings a smile to your face, doesn't it? For, for that sort of ability to come out and then to showcase it, not to stop it, as you just mentioned, just makes the game so much better for everyone, including the Port supporters. Yeah, and I think, I think you're seeing that across the board with a lot of teams. Is You've, you've got to accentuate your strengths. You know, to, win, to win a premiership, it's about... You know, playing to your strengths, not necessarily trying to cover up your weaknesses. And I think every team is, is starting to work out what they've got and uh, you're just trying to put enough around them and, and give them enough opportunity and, and then they've got to be able to, you know, have, well, again, in this game, you've got to be able to run and, and do it for longer and, again, into their four fifth years, they've now got the legs to be able to do it for longer. What are the sim- similarities between Butters and Rosie that there are a lot? I wonder if you can see a difference in the way they play. Then you get a Horn Francis, who's a bull, can also do the skillful stuff and sidestep and beautiful kick. But he's more reminds me of a young Dangerfield. The other two are so quick and very hard to catch. They can, particularly Rosie, can just stop and everyone goes past him and he moves on. But do you think Butters and Rosie are pretty close the way they play? Oh, they've definitely got the attribute of being able to understand space and, and the time with ball in hand. Um, yeah, you make a good point. There's not probably not too much separate in terms of being able to. Their goal sense is, is elite. Um, you know, Butsy's probably a little bit more crazy in terms of his hardness, whereas I think Rose is Rose is probably a little bit smarter with with how he goes about it, which is not not taking anything away from him. They're both as, as tough as yeah. each other. It's just yeah. Butsy probably, <laughs> probably just doesn't think think twice on a couple of areas, which we'd like him probably to at times, but. Uh, no, I think you're right. Being able to have two of the, two of that quality in and around it, um, and I thought I think we saw on the weekend just the ability to get to those loose balls and yeah. get out um, is just a real great point of difference for us. I've always felt if Zach Butters was six foot four, ninety kilo, he'd kill someone. I mean, he, he just he's only a little fella, but he goes in hard. 
Uh, I think the rest of the competition is pretty happy he's not six foot four and sort of <laughs> roll around like Danny, I'll be honest. Yeah, I'll say. Now, Frio. Um, gee, they had a good win against uh, against Geelong and then West, West Coast. West Coast, but everyone's done that. So, I'm... I mean, you're going to start favour, but it, but it's absolutely no pushover, is it? Their last couple of weeks, they've shown some real confidence in the way they've played. Yeah, and I think to be able to get back to where they are in terms of their defence and their contest while still getting younger across the year uh, speaks to how, how disciplined and how hard that, you know, the program they're running over there is and how hard it will be to, to break. So, um, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be a massive test over there. We haven't got a super record in Perth. Uh, of late, so we want to get back over there, and I think we're in, we're in again, we're in as good a position as any to, to hopefully be able to test their defence with the way we're moving the football. But then also, I thought the most pleasing thing on the weekend was our front half footy, and hopefully that will, mm. that will come to the fore. Luke, good luck. Thanks for the chat. Anytime, boys. Appreciate it. Well, from Luke. Kelly, let's go to Jenna McCormack. We spoke with Jenna last night, SEN's football commentator and a wonderful sportswoman in her own right. Uh, this is all for Toolkit Depot, gear it for winter. Gear it for winter at Toolkit Depot with a huge range of outdoor power equipment. While the final result was 3-1, could have been any sort of score. We saw some brilliant moments and some big mistakes as well. Jenna McCormack was there last night. Jenna, thanks for your time. Um, first of all, describe the atmosphere at the start of the game. How good was it? Yeah, it was it was a great experience, um, great match. I think um, you know the Sydney people and and everyone else who travelled across the country to be there, um, you know, did a really good job in in supporting the team. It's amazing how loud seventy five thousand people can be when Sam Kerr is running uh, ahead of steam towards goal. Yeah, England had a lot of uh, well vociferous fans against them, but. I was looking at their side, and we didn't speak much about England last night, but I believe they've got three or four of their best players out too. So, obviously, a very, very good side. Yeah, they do. Um, and so they've got depth, of course, all across uh, the park. Uh, you know, uh, And we, even with those three or four major key players injured. But, you know, on paper, they should be the better team compared to us in, in terms of players um, you know, playing in better leagues across the world. And... Um, you know, maybe that was the difference last night in the end, just being, as we saw, a little bit more clinical in the final third and, and putting away their chances when, when they had them. They only needed, um, you know, some slight, slight chances and yep. openings to, uh, to score. Jenna, I, was I right? Did I read that they, that they were rated fifth in the world? In, you know, and don't forget that all these countries play each other for a long period of time. And we were rated 10th. That was about the rating system. Is that about right? Um, yeah, I think it's about right as to as to where we are in the FIFA rankings. Yeah, and that's all um, done throughout sort of the year, or you know, across a course of uh, time where when you're playing matches, friendly matches, or um, competition matches, you actually get points, and they're added towards your total and your tally, um, and therefore then sort of ranks you from the US, who are the number one, all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. Now, now I'm no expert on soccer, but I've been watching it for a lot of years, and we should call it the world game and football. We should do all that. But I, can I just say, having putting my coach's hat on, you know, I was a coach for far too long, but I just thought we just let them use the ball at the back, chip it around, and eventually found a way through. I thought we just didn't put any pressure on those girls at the back when they controlled the ball. I know you, you can't go 100 miles out and you can't put five at them, 
And then at half time, and I'll jump to this, John Aloisi said, which I really was pleased, I wish they'd just put a little bit more pressure on them occasionally when those girls started using it at the back. Did you, did you, is that right? I mean, yeah, I, I think a great tactic, um, of course, is to put that pressure on the opposition team. I don't think any player, unless you're, you know, one of the best in the world, and even the best in the world make mistakes, but every player that's put under pressure will, you know, at some point feel vulnerable. Um, and I think, um, you know, if you're going to get some chances to get in behind that back line, to make a team feel vulnerable at the back is the worst feeling as a centre-back. So, yeah, I agree. I think there could have definitely been more pressure on, but, you know, as well on the other side, we can't press with intensity for 90 minutes because it is a hard job. So picking and choosing your moments to go and attack that defensive unit as they're building up, you know, is, is a good idea. And um, I think they could have, yeah, chosen to do that a few more times and, you know, potentially cause some turnovers and, and regain the possession in a better uh, area of the field to, and closer to goal. You look yeah. at um, mm. the strikers can miss and that's quickly forgotten. Uh, I mean, Sam Kerr certainly had a lot of chances, but poor old Ellie Carpenter has had a, a wonderful uh, World Cup so far. You, you make one mistake and you feel like all those eyes on her. Uh, she must have felt awful, but and we know she's a wonderful player, but it certainly gets magnified, doesn't it, when you score from it? Yeah, oh, look, it does. That's the worst thing as a defender uh, when you do make an error. And they can be so marginal and, you know, they can cost you the game. At that point, it was only one, one all. And Sam Kerr had just missed that volley from three mm. metres out. You know, that could have put up two, one, goes down the other end and it changes so quickly. So um, that's, that's the consequences, you know, as a, as a defender not being, um, you know, 100% switched on she made a small error trying to regain possession and get the ball out and it was only it was only a couple of milliseconds that the striker Mm. needed um i think it was lauren hemp to um get in there and actually just get a shot away which is you know it's just happening all so quickly and unfortunately yeah we'll we'll remember the fact that that one went in and, and the mistakes but you know, all over we had our chances, guys. Like, we, we could have put them away, um, you know, and we didn't. And they were just a more clinical team, and we weren't. So, you know, I think in the end, you know, after that performance anyway, I think they deserve to go through. Uh, Jenna, take us through Sam Kerr's game. Her goal arguably is, as Blighty said, as good as we've seen man or woman. Messi could have kicked that, and you would have thought, wow, what an amazing goal. But she admitted she was rusty in Normally, some of those chances she had, and some were guilt edge chances, she'd normally put them away? Yeah, I think she definitely uh, would have normally put them away, and especially, um, you know, in club land as well. Um, she would absolutely eat those chances up, and, and um, even playing against some of uh, the defenders for England, um, you know, in the same team in Millie Bright, she would have been training and playing against her, you know, the whole time. Um, you know, the whole year, sorry. Um, and it was that goal that they, she scored against Millie, which I think actually helped her, added her advantage, because she would have trained so many times running at her and knowing sort of how she would defend and how she would <laughs> coast her to guide her to, to where she wanted her. But, um, you know, and, and on the contrary as well, Millie Bright's done that many times trying to defend Sam Kerr. So it was, it was an interesting matchup. Uh, was that goal, but um, of course it was an absolute cracker um, which got us back into the game but yeah, as you mentioned, she had her chances and, and normally would, would eat them up Just going to the end of the game, I think I'm right this in the press conference after Coach Gustafson said that um, 
I've got to get better uh, when to substitute in games. He actually admitted to that. I've got to get... I think that were the exact words. I read it a couple of times today. I've got to get better at doing substitutions in the, late in the game. Did, did you, first of all, read that? And secondly, do you agree with it? Um, yeah, I do. I think that he could definitely um, make substitutions earlier. I think that that, could, that can change um, the, the way that the game is played and, and bring on new energy and... Um, and I, I'm surprised he said that because he said that after the Nigeria game, I think it was, um, when we lost 3-1. Um, no, sorry, it was 3-2. Um, and, you know, he, he said, you know, I'm going to have a look and, and self-reflect and stuff. And I just, you know, if you're saying that, I don't think that, you you know, then it's another excuse to use. Then it's kind of just like, well, you know, you have recognised that this is an area of development um, in your game. And, you know, as players, we're always scrutinised for... Um, you know, our stuff and what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And he's exa in exactly the same position. And, um, yeah, I think that we had power on the bench that we certainly could have used a little earlier. And, you know, Sam Kerr hasn't played the amount of minutes that she's played at all in the tournament. And, you know, maybe there was cause for her to be off sooner than, you know, than she was. Um, because, in, in my opinion, aside from the goal that she scored, she was pretty quiet um, mm. throughout the whole game. And I don't really think she had that same impact um, yeah. that she could have had, uh, you know, if she was in her, you know, firing form. Now, Jenna, there's been a lot of backslapping. We did a straw poll in our office here in SEN and everybody watched the game last night. Um, but I think now it's over or nearly over the World Cup. Um, the funding issue and, you know, Albanese, our Prime Minister, saying we'll do a holiday, we'll do this, we'll do that. And a lot of the girls have come out quite strong, even Sam Kerr saying, don't worry about that, just give us some funding because of the stride soccer's made when AFLW have been given a massive leg up in this country. Do you agree they have really have to pour some big dollars in, you know, right from grassroots to the, to the top level? Oh, look, I, I absolutely think so. And, and I think you're right in the sense that AFL has had that support from the get-go from the AFL, um, which has been fantastic. And <clears throat> obviously the AFL is a billion dollar industry and, and is certainly more um, at a, in a better position to support um, you know grassroots and, and the women's program from the get-go than Football Australia is but you know um, it, it's exactly what is needed right now we've seen the effects of um, what it's like to have uh, you know a, a world-class tournament here we've yep. seen the effects of a successful national team you know successful in the sense of it's, it's uh, beaten most people's expectations. I think people thought that maybe we'd make it to the quarterfinal. We've seen how inspired the nation is um, because of the, the, the teamwork and, and the ferocity on the field and, and just how great it is to um, support a national team. We've seen the effects of that now. Um, it is all about getting out into the domestic league, buying memberships, buying shirts, um, you know, getting to the game, supporting supporting the growth because essentially all of those players came out of our domestic league in the A-League um, and they wouldn't be where they are today without it. So, um, yeah. you know, it, it's really important that we all do focus on that and, and in turn that will that will grow our grassroots and give them something, you know, to be able to aspire to even more. Right, if I want to be the Matildas, I've got to get through my MPL system here in, in whichever state they live in and then and then get to the A-League and then, you know, then... Then where do I go from there? We've seen A-League stars make it from the A-League into the Matildas. It's, it's, a, it's a legitimate pathway. And I think the only way that we can help our 
national teams to be stronger in the future is, is absolutely to fund it. The English women's national team have um, the same amount of funding as our senior women's national team, our men's, uh, men's national team and our youth national team have all combined together. And we've I seen, f- you know, the... Yeah? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, um, you know, we, we talk about the Matildas and, and the funding, but uh, the ability to see the US and, and Germany and Sweden and Spain and Italy, I mean, that's been... We don't get a chance to see them. And is this the future? Can we get some of these teams um, uh, back here, Jenna, and, 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 and play Australia so you can keep up the momentum? And w- what happens now this ends? Where do, where do we see the Matildas next? Well, you know, the next now the next focus is the Olympics um, and that's next year in, in Paris of course, um, so that's the next major tournament that the group will be working towards, so from between now and then it's, it's about um, organising friendlies in, in the FIFA in the FIFA windows which happens you know once a month, um, so organising high quality opponents to play against whether that's over in Europe or here in Australia, we know now that there's the fans here in Australia to do it um, you know, so to, to, to get behind the team, so um, it's all about organising high-quality opposition to best prepare ourselves going into the Olympics next year. So, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a really big 12 months. We've also, firstly, got to qualify for the Olympics. Um, yeah. But you know, assuming that we do go through that, then you know we will be in Paris. So, um, it's exciting times. But you know, at the same time, as you mentioned before, it starts with the investment in the domestic league, and it starts helping grow the depth of Australian football, um, you know, to, to get it to a point where we are like in England and we are like a Spain and, and, you know, even if we're missing four or five key players, we still have great players coming through like Mary Fowler who's stepped yeah. up. Well said, Jenna. Thanks for joining us last night and tonight. You're lucky girl being there and wish we could have been, but um, it's been fantastic uh, two or three weeks and thanks once again for your time. No, thank you, and thanks for covering it as well. The, the more you know, coverage we've been able to get there, the greater it has been to celebrate what such a fantastic tournament it is. So thank you. Yeah, and Jenna, a bronze against Sweden would still be all right, wouldn't it, on the weekend? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's what we're going for. Good stuff. Jenna McCormick there uh, for SEN Football, as we said, a wonderful sportswoman in her own right. Uh, time now for our Sandful Tips. Time now for a Sandful update, thanks to Host Plus. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Yes, here we go, David. The Panthers are playing Port Adelaide uh, down at Flinders University, down at Nolunga. Yeah, Port Adelaide... Uh, getting a few players back, and I don't, I don't trust South Adelaide to be honest. I mean, they're up and down. <laughs> Spoke to Bryce Gibbs last week about them, but I'm going for Port Adelaide after serious thought. So am I. Now, Roosters, your boys, Prospect Oval, are playing Central Districts. Yeah, well, they won. They needed to win two of their last three games, and one last week, which against Woodville West Torrens. Mm. I think at home they'll beat Centrals, and that will sew up the top five. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I want to go for Ruffy. I want to go yeah. for the Bulldogs. The doggies. Yeah, they're improving. They're oh, improving. I can never remember them beating us at Prospect, but, but still, all right. It's going to be a time. We okay. know that. Uh, Eagles, Woodward West Torrance playing Tigers quickly. Oh, Tigers. Yeah, I knew you'd say What's that Well, you'll be going Tigers quickly too, yeah. wouldn't you? Yes, I am. Who'd we speak to during the week? Liam McBean. Yeah. Yeah, they're going well. Yeah, they are. They're going very well. West Adelaide playing Norwood at uh, High Sense Stadium at uh, Richmond. Well, that's an interesting game because Norwood, neither or both teams can't make the five. But what, what if I go for the Bloods, West Adelaide? Okay, you do that and I'll go for the Red Legs just for fun. Any confidence? And, no. 
And the last one, Sturt playing Adelaide. Uh, the Crows, Sturt at uh, Wigan Wow, what a game. That is a terrific game. Sturt playing Adelaide. I am going... <sighs> Come on. <laughs> I'm going the Crows. I've gone the Crows too. We had a couple go on the early crow. Yeah, go on the early crow. We had a couple different there, David. That's good. Great weekend of sport coming up, though, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. We're still um, riding on the fumes of last night. What a game. England, the better side. They're 1-3-1, but it's a lot of what-ifs. Blighty, you have a, a great weekend, as always, and we'll do it all again on Monday. Looking forward to that between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye, David.